to bet it all. This is Bet MGM Tonight, live from BetQL. And live from the nation's capital, Trista Crick, Nick Ashew. We're on Twitch, we're on YouTube, we're on the Odyssey app. Good God, Kansas is whooping Illinois right now. 28-7, to five seconds to go in the first half. I like those all-black unis they got, though. You know, every team should have all-black uniforms. That's that's one of my hot takes. Every I single agree. team, no matter what your team colors are. I agree with that. And I think that every uh, football team should have a throwback uni. I like that, too. Except yeah. for the Eagles. What was the one they had, Scott? Those bl- Which one, the Kelly Greens? No, no, the Kelly are Greens back. are nice. No, you those mean are the fine. the Midnight ones? The, uh... You have a helmet. Oh, gosh, yeah. They wore it's it the even, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's well, those are the legit, those are the City of Philadelphia colors, that sort of gold and blue-ish oh, it's thing. Like, it's, like the, it's almost like a powder blue, like the Chargers. It's a powder blue, and it's, it, yeah, but it's, no, the Chargers are way prettier oh, than that. Oh, absolutely. But yes, if you look at the City of, of Philadelphia flag, they wore that in a game against the Lions a couple of years ago with the mostly yellow and mm-hmm. a thick blue it's it's something. You have a game worn. Who wore that helmet? Uh, the big kid, Sean Andrews, uh, yeah. lineman out of Arkansas. Yep. Got you, poked in the eye and got a visor in the middle of the game. Yep, and you Was have not you a have visor it, guy. You have it with the visor, right? I do. Yeah. it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah, fun good, fact: good Scott story. used to wear that around the uh, newsroom where you previously worked together back in the day. Yes, because wow. I had uh, eye sensitivity. Yeah. No, I didn't. I just <laughs> used to look like an idiot, you like just... Gazoo from the Flintstones. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes. Wearing random apparel around the office is, is, is okay. What it is. You know, big helmet, just run and just slam your head into stuff. Sal Capaccio jumps on with us now. Bills beat sideline reporter WGR 550 up in Buffalo. Before we get to your Bills, I do want to get to something you actually tweeted about uh, Dan Campbell. I think this is actually like a really great point. You said we've come a long way from people making fun of Dan Campbell's culture versus loving and embracing it. Now, with what we saw last night, I, I get from that tweet from because I certainly feel this way now too. Like we got to take the Lions seriously. This is a team that's not, maybe not a Super Bowl contender, but they are a team that can win the division and maybe even win a playoff game. In my eyes, where are you on the Lions now? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me. As always, guys, it's great to be with you. Let me tell you about the genesis of that tweet. First of all, I think it's got to be a little context here. So, okay, um, I, I I used to be a high school football coach in Florida for ten years. Uh, I, I left radio as teacher, a coach. I came back into radio, Buffalo, where I grew up. And I'm big into culture. I'm a big culture guy. I think culture matters a lot. And at our radio station, WGR, and you know Tristan knows a lot about our station. Our radio station, we have people who just don't believe in it and say, ah, it's a made-up word. It's what, it's what coaches like to throw around. It's what people like to say. If you have good players, it doesn't matter. So that was kind of a shot at, you know, even some of my own colleagues or people who think <laughs> that culture matter. Culture matters a lot. And I, and I get it's a small piece, but it's an important piece. And it could be – but for a guy like Dan Campbell, it's a much bigger piece. For everybody, it's a little bit different. You know, everybody has their own culture. There's, you know, you say good culture or bad culture, that can be defined in a lot of different ways. You know, it's whatever culture works for you and how everybody buys into that culture. And I think that Dan Campbell's done an amazing job coming from biting kneecaps and running Oklahoma's at Miami when he took over as the interim coach to, hey, man, look what this guy's built. His players love him. They play from the organization. What a turnaround from Matt Patricia and the other coaches they've had for people to believe in him. And I do agree with you that you need to start taking them seriously. We need to start believing in them. Look, even I would tell you I didn't love their draft. To In, in 2023, you're drafting a middle linebacker and a running back in the first round. As, as nice as those players are, that's just how to not the formula for winning football. But in the meantime, those guys are playing great, right? I mean, Jack Campbell and Jameer Gibbs, and look what Laporta did. They've, they've got some great pieces, and I think they have the right coach. But it really also helps that 
they're in a weaker conference in a weaker division, no doubt about it. They'll have opportunities. They go on the road. They beat Kansas City. I think the story of last night is Kansas City losing, but we have to give credit for Dan Campbell what they're building. They're eleven and two in their they're nine and two, excuse me, in their last eleven games. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about. Is what did you take away from how anemic that offense looked for Patrick Mahomes? All those drops. Kadarius Tony, I think, had four. Without Travis Kelsey, it feels like this this Chiefs team, no matter how brilliant Andy Reid is, just isn't the Chiefs team that we expect. Yeah, I agree, Tristan. You know, I think that to be honest with you, the Chiefs last night are who we thought they were, right? To borrow a phrase from Dennis Green. I mean, this hasn't this isn't what everybody's been saying all summer, which is like, who do you have to catch the ball? Yeah, you have Travis Kelsey. That's great. And then beyond that, look, who are those wide receivers? And what happens if there's no Travis Kelsey? And suddenly, unfortunately for them, no Travis Kelsey. And the age is a, 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 a an issue here, a talking point, I should say. It's you know, He's 33 years old. At some point, he's going to have a decline. So what I make of it is, man, you have this great quarterback, but you didn't really give him any help. It reminds you of really what Aaron Rodgers went through in, in Green Bay for so long where they never really did that and said, you know, we got Aaron Rodgers. All the pieces, he'll make everybody better around him. And Patrick Mahomes can make everybody better. I thought he was fine last night, but... You know, that did not look like a very good offense, and I think they have to try to figure that out. Now, look, I think Andy Reid's a fantastic coach. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. They'll still be fine, I think. They'll win enough games. They'll be right there in the end, and they always seem to make a deal at the trade deadline to help them in some capacity. You know, Isaiah Pacheco seems like a nice player, but right now, boy, giving up a draft pick for Kadarius Toney, and he was great in the Super Bowl, right? He almost he had that, that punt return, almost took it to the house. But I would say that, you know, the Giants probably, when they went there and all of a sudden, Joe Shane and Brian Dable ship him off right away. They kind of knew what that was and said, hey, we don't we, we don't think this guy fits. That's kind of proving out to be right. I mean, Clyde Edwards-Alaire really hasn't per- turned out to be the pick that they thought he would be. And, um, you know, we didn't see, and obviously, uh, last night, those guys all, all together, uh, Sky Moore just, you know, I, I, it just looks like it might be a, kind of a second-round pick that isn't going to turn out either. All right, let's get into your bills here. The favorites, again, to win the AFC East, plus 120. You got the Jets behind them at plus 250. Uh, There's been some noise this offseason, at least, with Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. And it, it, Is that something there that is still a conversation? Is that something that's on the back burner? Is that a worry heading into this season? What's sort of the temperature with this team heading into a year that's certainly a really pivotal year for them? It's only a talking point when, no offense, people like you bring it up, right? I mean, mm. that's what happens. I mean, I yeah. go on shows like this and people ask about it. I mean, but honestly, here in Buffalo, it's been buried. It's uh, It's been something that Stefan addressed. It's something that the team has addressed, and it shouldn't be addressed anymore. It's been over a month now since we discussed this and buried it. However, you're right to bring it up because everyone's going to wonder about what happens when they lose a game. Stefan has two mm. targets for 20 yards, right? I mean, what what what's going to happen then? I think that's what everybody's kind of wondering about. But look, guys, I mean, Stephon Diggs came the very first or second day of training camp. You know, he held a media session, and after all, that whole thing that happened in the OTAs, and the one day he was there, and he didn't come out, and McDermott said he was concerned and all that. And he said, basically, like, you know, that everything was fine, and he didn't exactly know, give away exactly what his issue was. We still don't know what that is, but he basically squashed everything, and I said right to him, you said two years ago you wanted to retire a Buffalo Bill. Do you still want to retire a Buffalo Bill? And he looked at me and said, 100% sir and he threw in the sir so I believe him right but I mean <laughs> seriously it's like you could say that no doubt you know actions speak louder than words but his actions have backed it up I mean he has had to me he was tremendous in training camp he had a great great training camp and then he was named team captain he was a team captain again his, his teammates voted him that so I think it's dead and buried but what's going to happen is 
the minute that something happens where they don't yeah. win a game or all of a sudden he looks at Josh and he's wearing his emotions on his sleeve, it's all going to creep up. But I, I don't think that's the, the Bills' biggest concern. I think that that is something that you can always get through that happens. It's personalities. You always have different personalities in every team, and Stefan just wants to win. I think the Bills' biggest concerns coming into the year, the middle linebacker position where they have to replace Tremaine Edmonds, and they named Terrell Bernard a second-year play, this player, the starter, who – he missed all preseason basically with an injury, and nobody really kind of knows what you're going to expect from that position. And then right tackle's been a little inconsistent with Spencer Brown, and then they had Brandon Shell, a veteran who retired, who they thought he was going to be their backup, and then they had Tommy Doyle, the next guy in line, and he wound up with a season-ending injury. So there are a couple issues along the way, but overall I think this is still a stacked roster. It's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and that's why they're one of the betting favorites still to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and you were the number two defense in the NFL last year and all the nerd stats. Um, but what, the last time I saw the Bills was the last time I saw you, Sal, uh, in the frigid cold when this defense couldn't get any pressure on the quarterback. And it felt like a tale of, of two cities with the Bills in terms of defense, with Von Miller and without Von Miller. What do you expect from this defense? There's been injuries riddled all over the team. Uh, some guys, like you mentioned, have moved on. Uh, what should we expect there? So, Trista, I mean, as you know, because you came here, right, you know, a couple of weeks after the DeMar Hamlin situation to come to that game, and, you know, that team was running on fumes. You know, they go the next week and they beat New England in a game where they didn't even have a chance to prepare. They had two kickoff returns from Naeem Hines, and it was incredibly emotional. And then they beat Skylar Thompson and the Dolphins and hanging on to just kind of basically running, running on fumes, like I said, and they were gassed, but they were able to hold on. And, you know, that game maybe shouldn't have gone their way, but it did. And they just didn't have enough left to beat Cincinnati. And I don't want to take anything away from the Bengals. They played a great game. The Bills weren't up to the task that day, but I think a lot of factors played into that. But one of the big ones was not having Von Miller for the second half of the year and really since since Thanksgiving. And they did. You're right. Tale of two cities. They did not rush the passer very well. Well, what they did in the offseason, they went out and got Leonard Floyd. Leonard yeah. Floyd actually has the th- the fourth most sacks in the last three years in the NFL. This is a guy that's going to help bridge that gap to get to Von Miller. And a lot of reason why I think they're comfortable with Von Miller still on the pup list for four weeks. He didn't have a setback. It's not that he's behind schedule. They just want him to take his time because they want him for when it matters most. And they feel they can get by, you know, with Leonard Floyd. But speaking of health, lots of injuries last year, way more than this team is used to. The biggest difference in this team, they are healthy on defense. Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, yes, they're a little bit older. Micah missed all but two games last year, one and a half. Jordan Poyer was banged up in and out of the lineup all year. Tredavious White didn't come back until Thanksgiving. I think he's looked tremendous. I think I see confident Trey again. I think he's in for a big bounce back year. Mm-hmm. So even though they, because they had so many injuries last year, the biggest step up for this team and this defense this year is being healthy this year as opposed to where they were. But the other big question is, what does the defense look like with Sean McDermott calling it? That's been a huge storyline here. I give Sean a lot of credit. I mean, he's taking ownership now after two years of ending – the season the way it did 13 seconds in Kansas City what happened against Cincinnati for Sean McDermott to say this is on me now I'm putting it on me I'm going to call this defense I think is fascinating how this is going to play out because he's taking ownership and you know that he wants to prove that his defense is still an elite defense in this league talking to Sal Capaccio bet MGM tonight all right let's look at obviously the game coming up Monday night the debut in the regular season Aaron Rodgers at home Jets Bills two and a half point favorites on the road the totals 45 and a half there just heading into this game, is this something where your feel is could be high scoring? You obviously have two great quarterbacks. One's a future Hall of Famer. One is on pace to maybe be a Hall of Famer in Josh Allen. Or is this one of those where you think it could maybe slow down? Maybe the do the Bills start running the ball a little bit more? What's your feel for where this is game this game's going to look? My feel is that it might be a little lower scoring than what the total is. But, of course, with 
Allen Rodgers, I mean, we could see, you know, 30 points by each team. That could always happen. I just feel these defenses are too good to let that happen, to be quite honest with you. I mean, we know what the Jets have. They're so good at all three levels. Sauce Gardner's amazing. And the Jets have given the Bills fits. They did last year and even the year before that a little bit. You know, they beat the Bills in New York last year. Josh didn't have a strong game. Threw a really horrible interception in the red zone. He didn't see somebody. And then threw a bad pass. Sauce got him. Um, the Bills were ahead in that game. And then the Jets came back. It was the lower-scoring game the Jets won. Then the Jets come to Buffalo, and Josh didn't have a very good game that day. You know, Josh... For the last couple of times he's played the Jets, hasn't had great numbers. Now, what's funny about that is you go back to Robert Sala's defense in San Francisco that was a great defense, and he was on the path to becoming a head coach, and he torched that San Francisco defense, Robert Sala's defense. But against the Jets the last couple of years, it hasn't gone quite as smoothly. Um, that's the Jets' defense, though, I think, and what they could do. And I just you know, talked about the Bills' defense. I just don't – we talk so much about Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and the Bills' offense and Dalton Kincaid. I don't think people are really paying attention to how good this Bills defense is and having everybody healthy again and Sean McDermott calling the plays. Sean McDermott's a heck of a defensive coach. This is a perennial top five defense in the NFL, and I don't expect anything different this year. Well, and the offensive line, if you've watched Hard Knocks and just been watching football for the Jets over the last year, has been a real challenge. Mekhi Becton hasn't looked great since he was drafted. You've got a four-year-old and Dwayne Brown. I am curious, though, Sal, is Josh Allen going to lead this team in rushing? I don't think so. It should be James Cook. I mean, James right. Cook to me, James Cook is clearly the lead back. I think he's he's looked very good in the preseason. You know, I always throw this stat out there, and I understand it's a small sample size. I, I, I totally get that. But James Cook only had 89 rushes last year. If you wanted to qualify for league leader status, you have to have 100. So he needed 11 more carries. If he would have just done what he was doing in those 11 carries, he would have been the highest yards per carry running back in the entire league last year. 5.7 yards a carry. Mm. This guy is a big play guy. And he was really good down the stretch last year when he started to get the ball more. And he has done nothing to show anything different that he's not going to be the lead back and the main ball carrier in this team. And, oh, by the way, he catches the ball better than Devin Singletary did out of the backfield. So he can do that. Then you have Damon, Damian Harris to be a compliment. I think where you're going to see the difference in the running game this year is – they're going to take some of off of Josh's plate to give to Damian Harris around the goal line, short yardage. That's why they got Damian Harris. And Latavius Murray, boy, he might be the oldest running back in the league. He is. I mean, he looked like he was, you know, a 25, 26-year-old sometimes at camp. I think that they'll slow play him so they're so he stays fresh throughout the year. But that's a guy that people should at least have in their minds that he's going to have a role on this team. All right. I've literally only got like 30 seconds to get this with you, but I want to know. Yep. Dalton Kincaid, what's his role going to look like? Should I take an anytime touchdown with him, surprising everybody? Rookie week one, let's go. Should I do it? I would say yes. Major impact yes. on this team overall. Week one, you're going against good linebackers, but not really cover linebackers. Middle of the field, I think, is where the Bills attack. Middle of the field, Dalton Kincaid, why, why they got him. Love it. Sal, you're the best. Good talking to you, man. That. Sal Capaccio. Thanks, Sal. Got it, guys. Oh, man. There That's you go. That's my guy. I can't wait to see Dalton Kincaid. I mean, like, we they, they brought him in, obviously, because, like, we talk about it's like Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis was injured last year. So we're like, well, who else is going to be there? Oh, I see what they've done now. You can line them up in the slot. We got options there. Options. All right, we're getting back to week one previews again. Oh, I'm getting, like, more and more excited each game we talk about for week one of the NFL. It's BetMGM the Night.